0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive workplace, and jumpstarting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. Hello, this is Angela Hall, and welcome to another episode of People Talk. People Talk is where we talk about all things related to work work-life balance, advancing in your career, and just trying to be happy as we navigate through life. Thanks for joining me today. I know it's been a while since I've put up a podcast, but you know, it's about time. A lot of things have gone on and um, it's time for us to restart the People's Talk program. So thanks a lot for joining me. So this week, we're gonna talk about the notion of quiet quitting. There's been a whole lot of talk um, around this concept. And even though um, some people consider it to be something new, quiet quitting has actually been around as long as people have been working. So in my field, um, human resources and organizational behavior, we talk about when people withdraw from work. And we know that since the beginning of the pandemic, people have been withdrawing from the workplace for a variety of reasons. People w- withdrew from work altogether when when it came to the Great Resignation. And people were leaving the workplace not only because they were having issues as far as getting childcare, with the schools closing, with the pandemic, or they were afraid to be exposed to COVID-19, particularly before we had the widespread availability of the vaccine for COVID-19. Um, but people started reevaluating their lives, you know, in in the United States, in our lifetime, well, probably all across the world in everyone's lifetime, no one has ever seen anything like this. And so um, people were really taking a step back and wanting to reevaluate what was going on. They enjoyed spending time with their family. They thought, well, you know, life is short. I might as well follow my dreams, uh, start a business, uh, go back to school, start concentrating on some hobbies that were interesting to me, or trying to just see where I am in life. So we saw this great resignation. But the long and the short is, is that, you know, we had um we had incentives from the government Um, when we were getting, um, our COVID checks to, you know, uh, every month people were like, you know, maybe not have been inclined to, to, to work, but the bills need to get paid, right? They do need to get paid. So the result, so the result is, is that, you know, people have gone back to work and, but people still have this notion of, wow, Um, I don't know if I am getting everything that I want out of this job. And even if I'm, you know, this job is, you know, an okay job, I realize that there's more in life than this job. So I want to have that, uh, that work life balance. And I don't want to die at my desk at age 50, uh, trying to do my third all nighter in a week, trying to complete some report that no one else is going to actually read. So with the notion of this quiet quitting, um, how does it relate to customer experience? Well, the notion of quiet quitting is that people are not leaving their jobs. They're staying in their jobs because, you know, we need money to do little things like uh, pay our bills, buy food, keep a roof over our head, but they're doing the minimum. And there are different terms for this. Um, in academics, we like to call it uh, retiring in place, meaning that someone is just going through the motions until they retire. Um, in China, I've read they've call it lying flat. Um, in the organizational behavior and human resources arena, we have a we have, we've call it withdrawal and there are two types of withdrawal. There is psychological withdrawal, and that means that you're coming to work, but you're just not pulling your all toward it. You may be searching on uh, uh, YouTube for funny puppy videos. I do that from time to time to reduce stress. You could be doing things such as, um, you know, playing fantasy football, daydreaming, trying to look for your other job. You're showing up to work, but you're just not all physically there. On the flip side of that, there is the notion of um, the, we, so we call that the um, psychological withdrawal. On the flip side of that is something called um, physical withdrawal. And that's when people just aren't showing up to work, they're taking those long lunches, they're taking those long naps during the middle of the day, which may be easier to do, of course, if you're working remotely. And so, you know, employers have to balance a couple of things. Employers have to balance the fact that um, people want to um, have some work-life balance. They have to also balance the notion that the gene has been left out of the bottle, um, when it, so to speak, when it comes to, for example, um, remote work, hybrid work, people are used to doing their work in their pajamas. I just was interviewed by reporters on Friday about the notion of what's going on at um, GM. So GM in Michigan, of course, the automaker, they have decided that um, they want um, their employees to come back to work after being um, out working uh, at home if they wanted to. It was GM's um, initiative called Work Appropriately, Work Appropriately. And that meant that you could work how you wanted to work. Well, what happened is that now, um, well, a few weeks ago, GM noticed, uh, announced that they were going to have people come back. And there were some protests by their employees, so they kind of walked it back. But now they've announced that employees need to come back to work um, three days a week. Um, and there are some people who are upset. They feel that it violates the psychological contract between themselves and GM. And the psychological contract is the unwritten agreement, the way an employee feels that employer should treat the employee. And employees get really, really upset when you give them something and you take it away. Because when you give um, employees something and you take it away, they feel you know they feel like you've taken away a valuable thing that that they were entitled to have. Well in GM's defense, GM's called it work appropriately. They didn't call it a policy or a right. They called it a, a model. And now GM is trying to navigate the issue of how do um, we do this without really upsetting our employees, especially because automakers and a lot of organizations that involve tech workers, for example, they're having a hard time finding tech workers, right? And, but, there's another side to it, you know. I'm showing all this time, This is a multifaceted type of issue. When you talk about, for example, manufacturing, you don't want to create a workforce that's bifurcated, that is cut in two, that you have the the um, the frontline workers who are working on the assembly lines, toiling away. And they get, you know, they have to come to work every day. And then you have a group of people who just get to work at home. And, you know, it's perceived potentially by frontline workers that the people working at home are living this great life and they're kind of living off the, their backs. And so um, I, I know that employers need to do things to attract and retain employees. And, you know, and a lot of employees do want this flexibility, but on the other side, you need to make sure that you have equity in your workplace. So what is the answer you may say, Angela, to all of this? I don't know. There's no simple answer. There are a whole bunch of things that organizations can do. For example, be transparent when they're talking about modifying any type of policy. And I'm not saying GM wasn't. I'm saying that employers, though, need to do that. Giving them enough lead time um, when you're going to change these types of policies. Uh, Incentivize people to do things like, for example, I don't know, offer snacks, offer a slight bonus for returning back to work, Um, you know, put some other types of of nice things in the workplace, um, a gym, things that will incentivize employees to be a little bit more excited about coming back into the workplace. And when you have employees who are coming back, you know, once again, um, you have people who come to experience or get used to a different way of working and they may feel like "Ooh, I've just been going through the motions at home Um, but how now that I'm in the workplace I'm going to be an actual physical workplace I'm going to be subject to more um, inspection or oversight by their uh, bosses and that may or may not be true but to extent that you can make people feel at ease about coming back not make them feel that they're going to be under the microscope um, that's something that needs to be done so let's go back to our general discussion of quiet quitting why do people quiet quit um for a lot of reasons um but basically, if you look at what's going on right now, people are burnt out. People are sad. We've been in this um, pandemic for going on to our third year and people just want it to be over. The economy is not doing that great. Prices are high. Inflation is really high. Um, the Fed has had to um, increase interest rates to slow down inflation, so the cost of, of borrowing money to buy things is uh, has increased, it's become a bigger and bigger and bigger issue where employers really need to think about how are they going to support their employees? How are they going to explain the things that are going on so that the employees feel as though that they have voice, that they're respected, they're valued. And another thing is engagement. We know with respect to customer experience that um, customer experience and the employee experience are inextricably um, tied together because employees who are not engaged are not going to be giving forth that great customer experience. The other thing is that um, employees who do not feel engaged, they are not going to have that experience that's going to, you know, have that, you know, like two-headed bi-directional arrow that's going to increase their engagement, ex- uh, make them feel good about their experience, and they transfer those types of attitudes, thoughts, behaviors into the service that they're trying to give to the, the customer. So, We need to think about, um, is this a new paradigm? Is this a new paradigm for how employees are thinking about work? Um, Do you live to work or do you work to live? And then, you know, you think about like now millennials are the largest age demographic in the workplace. Millennials are the largest age demographic in the workplace. And so now you have all these folks who are saying, hmm, um you know, I want some balance in my life. you know I am a, a person from i I'm a, i am a um, generation x and you know I went to college in the eighties greed is good. Uh, Wall Street and things like that. The, the, the standards for work life balance were a little bit different for my generation than it was for the millennials and now Generation Z, who is now starting to join the workplace. Um, and, you know, Generation Z from all, from all sides, they're looking like they're having a lot of the same type of values that millennials have. And that's something that um, organizations need to um, think about. Because if they feel as though their organization doesn't care for them, if they feel that, they're, that their um, boss doesn't care for them, they're more likely to withdraw doing this type of quiet quitting. One other thing is that when you think about this quiet quitting, you wonder, like, where is it going to lead, lead? Because, you know, there's research that shows that people oftentimes start out with that psychological withdrawal, which is the quiet quitting. And that may escalate to the physical withdrawal, which means not coming to work, uh, taking those long lunches, and then all, and just either being fired or just quitting. And so, it goes back to the issue now. Hmm. Should someone quit during a recession? There's an interesting um, Forbes article um, just that came out today. And it said The Great res- Resignations, Quiet Quitting Right Now. Is it safe to quit a job in recession? And it's a really good article and I suggest that you take a look at it if you are thinking about quitting. I mean, it's never that great to quit during a recession. However, if you are in a, an, an industry that is one that's really oftentimes hit for, you know, during a, a recession, like for example, uh, things like in the attainment or retro, recreational industry, things that are not considered to be quote unquote recession proof, or if you have a type of job, like I had some friends who had jobs in consulting, market market research. Those types of jobs are like, in in my anecdotal experience, jobs that oftentimes are ones where um, I'm seeing my colleagues be, you know, they lose their jobs um, uh, more quickly when the the economy uh, tightens up. And so when that occurs, you know, you need to think about, hmm, if I am this in this type of role maybe I should try to recession proof myself and you can recession proof yourself over the long term by developing a skill set which is needed regardless of the economic conditions of the country and you can recession yourself more in the in the short term by trying to work in industries that are less subject to the types of um, deleterious, or harmful effects of being in a recession. Like for example, um, I had some 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 students who talked about this, and they were right. They had some opportunities to work for a couple of different industries. And I have students, and they went to work in uh in the in the liquor industry because that is not as affected by the economy. People are still drinking, right? When um when the economy gets bad it's the it's the same thing with the hos you know with hospital industry certain types of jobs uh, healthcare that still are going to be needed um, and so i think all of these types of things are major considerations as employers themselves are thinking in those industries that we may be leaving our, we might maybe losing our best talent because they may be going to more recession uh, proof industries. So as an employer in those industries you need to think about what can you do to retrain your to retain your best talent so that you know like if things go awry your your great workers don't jump ship and then you're left with the ones who aren't your strongest talent. And on that note I'm going to um, end this episode of People Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. Next week, or I should say next time, I will be talking about the notion of overemployment. Essentially, when people, particularly people working at home, are trying to work two jobs instead of one, and both of the employers don't know uh, about, the uh, one employer doesn't know about the other employer. Well, um, I thank you again and If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for a new topic, please reach out to me, Angela Hall. My um, email is a t ATHall, H-A-L-L, at msu.edu, and take care and be well. Thanks for listening to another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues, and remember to subscribe to our show. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.